Oh my god, bitch. So I saw this tweet, right? Okay. <laughs> and it said, and I quote, Paramore. The band. Yes, Paramore put their whole pussy into making songs for Twilight. <laughs> Hey guys, it's your girls, Sonali and Jenks, and you're listening to Pass, Pass the, the Salt. Salt. This is episode four. Ooh. Um, we got Look something a little healthy today for our meals. Yeah, so uh, if you don't know and you live in LA, there's this place called Impasta. Do you know where it's at? It's like on the um, west side of town, right? Yeah, I think it's in Brentwood area. It's on Wilshire. Yeah, Wilshire? Like, Wilshire. <laughs> it's on Wilshire near Brentwood. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a ghost kitchen, but it's basically supposed to be Italian food that's healthy and low on carbs. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be like keto diet friendly. Good for the soul, but also satisfies like yeah. your cravings. Yeah, me and Jenks have had our eye on this place for a really long time mm-hmm. and we just need an excuse to try it. And today is the day. Yep. We've had this... We've had the shit open for a while now, and it smells delicious. It smells amazing. Like, initially, when you pick it out of the bag and you open the container, you just, like, get this amazing aroma. Mm. Um, Honestly, it smells like authentic Italian food It does. To me. It does. So, what did we get? I got um, cauliflower gnocchi. And I got pink vodka sauce with shirataki noodles. Mm-hmm. And then you got the pesto... I got the pesto cauliflower gnocchi. Ooh, yum. Yeah. Okay, should we try it now? Yeah. All right. I kind of want a bite of yours, too. Okay. <laughs> we can try it. Mmm. Wait, I really love this. This is amazing. You need to try this. Here, let's do a oh switcheroo. Mine doesn't taste like actual gnocchi, but the texture is not off to me. I actually kind of like it. Does it taste like cauliflower? Honestly, it kind of reminds me of hash browns. It's really weird. You just have to try it for yourself. Hash browns. Like texture-wise. Hmm. This is really good. It does taste like gnocchi. Mm-hmm. It doesn't... You can, like, kind of smell the cauliflower when you eat it. Yeah. But it tastes like gnocchi. And yeah, it's definitely really better than the Trader Joe's cauliflower gnocchi. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I just fucking devoured it. <laughs> that was I so good. I have the itis, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the itis all right today is honestly a highly anticipated episode Mm -hmm. because you've had people request this and so have i Mm -hmm. but today what are we doing jenks you want to do the honors yes we're gonna talk about hashtag free britney and britney spears conservatorship yeah we're gonna get right into it there's a lot happening right now Mm -hmm. there's a lot that's happened in the past and today we're gonna go over our thoughts and kind of give you guys like a recap so you don't even have to do your own research just tune in right here (laughs) (laughs) but one stop shop exactly and this journey is literally just beginning for britney Mm -hmm. you know obviously we heard recently in the news that her dad is going to be he actually said he would step down yeah but i heard let's get into it because i heard some some things about that yeah well exactly but she has a hearing coming up in september so i feel like this is like the first step into like a really long journey for her to get out of this conservatorship so we'll definitely be keeping you guys updated on all the new shit that's Mm -hmm. coming out 
you know, I feel like we're gonna have part twos. Yeah, and it's sure. coming pretty soon. Trust me, because yes. after this hearing, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of stuff that gets uncovered, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's just gonna be like snowball effect of just yeah. more shit coming out and like more things being revealed. So stay tuned. Stay tuned <laughs> for sure. So I watched the documentary Framing Britney Spears for the first time yesterday. How was that? It honestly, I didn't know. It, like, everything makes sense in hindsight. Brittany was naturally born with, like, this amazing talent of having an amazing voice. And, like, her family knew it from the beginning. She is from, like, a really small town. And it's, like, a, a really pretentious small town vibe. They are all, like, really religious. They all go to church. So mm-hmm. Brittany was part of, like, her church choir. So that's how they started realizing she had a really nice voice and that there was actually something there. So... Her mom, like, found somebody and asked her, like, what do I do with my daughter? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I do with this type of talent? And somehow that led her to this woman in New York who would be her music teacher for the next coming years while she, you know, kind of trained her voice and started to really, like, tap into her potential. And her parents were, I think they were, like, low to middle class. So they were you know putting in a lot of money to drive from like mm-hmm. where like louisiana right all the way up to new york and then her dad would have like these like one-off jobs like security guard and dishwasher and just like never have a steady income yeah yeah and um even like the music teacher on the documentary said that like she didn't really see her dad a lot mm-hmm. you know it would always be her mom that came her mom that stayed with her um, and she really didn't even like her dad. Yeah. Yeah. And then the person that actually ended up accompanying Brittany and being her um, guardian was um, their, like, family friend, I think, right? Yeah, because her mom got pregnant and then couldn't travel because she had to take care of a baby. Mm-hmm. So she had, like, a friend that she knew that lived in New York be basically, like, her guardian and take care of her and just kind of be her like what was it her assistant that's what they saw yeah. in the documentary to be her assistant and just kind of be with her at all times because I think she was like 10 or 15 years older than her yeah and then during that time she then landed um Mickey Mouse Clubhouse on Disney yeah and that made her talents just shine like that's where she was first discovered basically yeah. it put her on the map yeah mm-hmm. and then it ended yeah it I think ended. her parents like weren't able to afford to keep her out there and they she had to come back because you know financial reasons mm-hmm. so she ended up going to high school and all that and then and then I think she like decided she wanted to go into singing or mm-hmm. re-pursue it again and so she reached out did she reach out to the same um talent rep I don't know who she reached out to, but she, she got started, a record deal, right? Well, yeah, and then she started performing at malls, and it yes. got, and that's how she started getting a fan base, is because she would do these free performances at malls, and people would stop and listen to her, and then you know pe- the word started getting around that you know Britney Spears is like this cool singer, she's so cute, mm-hmm. she's like a teenager, and that's how it started to generate the buzz with like other teenagers and girls her age. And that's kind of how she started becoming famous. Then she became, because of all those performances in the mall, she became the Britney Spears we know today. And she became this icon for teenage girls. um, Because they, I remember in the the documentary, they said um, it gives little girls 
something to look up to that's someone their age is being something that they want to be which is sexy yeah and it was also really controversial because she was so young Mm -hmm. and she was so hyper aware of her sexuality at such a young age and she was very empowered by it Mm -hmm. and that wasn't something that we were used to seeing at all i remember they would ask her in interviews if she was a virgin yeah that's crazy can you imagine living in a world like that today no it's crazy to think that it used to be okay back then to say things like people probably didn't blink an eye Mm -hmm. but today's people do so it's like i don't know it's like wild to think that society made us this way and society has that much control over how we view things Mm -hmm. where like something 15 years ago it was normal and okay she would just brush it off she would literally laugh is it it's like crazy to think how far like through feminism we've come yeah because like back then women were trained to just accept it Mm -hmm. and just like think it's funny or it's like whatever like you know it's it's not a big deal yeah they're gonna ask me these things. It's my fault. I put myself out there. No one needs yeah, to know no the shit. Know, it's no yeah. one's business. Anyway, what a time. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, she got really famous, and the paparazzi started following her around. But at the beginning, Britney Sp- Britney liked it. She was friendly with the paparazzi, and she was always willing to give a shot to them. And they started, like, building relationships. Because I remember in the documentary, they had brought on one of the photographers that had, like, the craziest shot um, of her. And he was – he had conversations with Britney before. And he was, like – Yeah, they talked about it on the documentary as, like, this agreement with the paparazzi. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll give you a good shot. You take a good photo of me. We're good, you know? And Mm -hmm. we hear about it all the time where, like, people are, like, oh, they call the paparazzi on themselves. All these wannabe influencers trying to be celebrities. Yeah. And I feel like it was kind of that type of situation. Like, I'm rising, but I want to keep being – like number one and on top though mm-hmm. i'll work with you yeah and so britney spears has this relation great relationship with the paparazzi she everyone loves her she's just at the top of the charts you she's know at the of her career, yeah. she's a yeah she's at the peak of her career and she meets this, this guy kevin Federline, and she ends up falling in love with him and yeah. she marries him and has two kids yeah, but, like, they got married in, like, six months. It was yes, so quick. So quick. And then she started having babies. And I think she had them back-to-back. Yeah, she had just... I know her first one was still a baby. Like, not even one. Yeah, I think, so I think when they she were back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. And so she is... I know... I remember that she said in interviews, too, like, she would... Her main goal at that point was to settle down and have a family. And the music thing was going to be like a side job. She loved it, but it was just going to be like a hobby that she did. And then that's when things went a little south. Yeah, that's when it took like a wrong turn. Mm -hmm. When she started having babies, the paparazzi obviously wouldn't let up. And I think they talked about how she also was going through postpartum depression at the time. So she was having a hard time with the paparazzi, closing in on her space. And every time she left her house following her bombarding her and like basically attacking her with their cameras every time she needed to do anything and I think it was starting to really overwhelm her and I think she was also dealing with her issues with postpartum depression and then at some point she started having marital issues with Mm -hmm. Kevin and they split up so then it started turning into like this custody battle and that's when she started 
getting really angry. And in the videos that they were showing on the documentary, they showed her even, you know, crying sometimes, walking through the paparazzi. Yeah. They showed her asking them to please leave her alone. Like, mm-hmm. you could just tell she was very, very uncomfortable. But these paparazzi wouldn't let up because they were like, hey, this is Britney Spears. Like, I'm going to make so much money off of her. Yeah. And if I get an unflattering photo of her, I'll even make, I'll make double. Yeah. So it was kind of like this, like, vulture atmosphere where, like, mm-hmm. everyone was just trying to get their piece and, you know, call it a day. But they were basically, like, hurting Britney the entire time. And they were so absorbed in their own greed that they couldn't even see it even though it was like right there like Mm -hmm. anyone watching the documentary could see the videos of her and you could tell she was uncomfortable she was crying yeah she was super distraught it looked like she had gone through emotional hell yeah it was bad she had literally zero private space Mm -hmm. zero like i don't even think she ever had a moment alone Mm -hmm. you know without being britney yeah and then she infamously shaves her head in yeah. all of this she has a total mental break yes um she shaves her head and then she is um one night she's trying to find a see her kids basically yeah. one night she's trying to see her kids and kevin is refusing so these two paparazzis go and follow her she's already having a really crappy day yeah and to make it even worse the paparazzi show up Mm -hmm. and they start asking her questions and Mm -hmm. photographing her and it's like and then i remember one of the paparazzi walks up to her and says hey Brittany, i'm gonna ask you a couple questions and she flips her shit yeah she absolutely flips the fuck out. She gets out of the car with an umbrella and starts <laughs> banging on his car and leaves marks on his car. Like, she actually vandalized mm-hmm. his vehicle. Yep. And this was... I And the paparazzi said in the documentary that shot... He was like, that night was worth it and all of that was worth it because the amount of money he made on that shot. Crazy. And people's greed is just right? insane. Like, like she's literally that. losing it. She's she snapped. Mm-hmm. Like he pushed her to her breaking point, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even see it. Yeah, he doesn't even take ownership of it. And so, because of that, the media painted her as this villain, mm-hmm. and society began to believe it a little bit. Yeah, and it's actually we have to kind of cut a little slack to the media because it was also during a time where mental health wasn't something that was like openly talked about as like a healthy thing to you know deal with and yeah that's not where someone's mind would go first yeah people weren't they people didn't then at least i'll take that back the normal person wasn't very well adverse of like what depression is Mm -hmm. what how people react to depression what a mental breakdown looks like you know it wasn't something that was socially acceptable at the time Mm -hmm. and it was more of like a hush hush thing like people wouldn't openly talk about their mental health issues yeah so it was easy for them to kind of paint her as that Mm -hmm. that villain or that crazy lady yeah i remember there was this family feud episode where one of the categories was things britney spears has lost and the number one thing on that list was hair. Yeah. And then another one was her mind. Yeah. Can you believe that? Oh, God. Can My you imagine that happening on the today? Floor. No. I was cringing. That is so cringy. Uh, my heart went out. And they're her. all just like smiling. They're like, her hair. And then, Woo! Yeah, and then everyone laughs. And it's so funny. 
Oh, my gosh. It literally breaks my heart. Like, I have so much sympathy for her because she was dragged through the Mm -hmm. media in the public. Mm Mm-hmm. Dragged. She had nothing to do with it. Like, she was just simply living, going through shit and... Couldn't even deal with it on her own. Yeah. Like, they didn't even give her a chance. So anyways, hashtag free Britney, hashtag free Britney. So Britney Spears at that point, because the media had painted her in such a bad light, was looking for friendships everywhere. Yeah. And so because no one she felt like no one was on her side, anyone that gave her the time of day was her best friend. So this this is how Sam Letfi came into Britney's life. Mm-hmm. And eventually he basically like ends up acting as like her manager. Yeah. And he then is said to have control over Britney. Yeah, but he's some, like known for being like the shady guy. Yeah. Who he's feeds, done that multiple times. And he feeds on people that are weak and vulnerable. It's said that Sam Letfi had like some sort of control over Britney and sometimes would even drug her, which is so sad to even think. Yeah. And then um Uh, That's when her dad kind of stepped in and they got a restraining order um, against Sam. And then the judge removed the lawyer that was appointed to Brittany and gave her a new lawyer based on some weird faulty report that no one has access to. I think it's saying that she's because she's incapable of making decisions for herself. She's incapable of hiring herself a lawyer. So the, the state has to appoint one to her. And then after all that happened, the media started, you know, saying that she was incapable of being a good mother. Mm -hmm. And I think she had like this fight once with Kevin where she didn't want to give up her, she didn't want to give her kids back to him, but they had this custody agreement. Every minute that you are late to handing over your children, that you're basically breaking the law. And if she didn't follow it, that they would take away her privileges from seeing her kids. So she was kind of risking that. She kind of had like a breakdown and she gave back one of her sons, but then barricaded herself in her room with her baby mm-hmm. and was refusing to come out. She wouldn't and then she eventually did. But I think she was kind of like like frazzled and mm-hmm. just, you know, like looked right. like a little dissociated. And they called a 5150 on her, which is basically putting her on a medical hold for, I believe, 72 hours. And so that's when they showed up and they showed her getting strapped into the gurney and mm-hmm. putting her into like the emergency um, vehicle. And yeah. yeah. And so in all that, they switched lawyers. And then um, the old lawyer actually goes on in the interview on the documentary and says that she that he thought she was completely capable of handling her own money yeah and then that's after the whole lawyer switch happened that's when her conservatorship began under her dad so under this conservatorship her dad is the sole decision maker of anything that involves her health her money and her person so mm-hmm. he has full control and the, the purpose of a conservatorship is to uh, protect someone who is incapable of protecting themselves or you know their their finances and I believed one of the reasons why he was able to get her into this conservatorship was because he used the reason that she was more susceptible of being manipulated by another person into giving up her money which is really ironic because he kind of did that to her the same fucking thing for 20 fucking years yeah and that's how he was able to i believe Mm. score that conservatorship and making him making him the sole decision maker of her estate and her person and her health and all that yeah 
It's also sad to say that um, your dad. Yeah, that's crazy. But under that conservatorship, she's not allowed to even have babies, right? Yeah, but I believe like at the time she was also in a really bad place. So Mm -hmm. it made sense. And I'm sure at the time she was probably okay with it because she too wanted to protect her kids and herself. And, you know, I think she did realize that she was being, you know, manipulated and abused Mm -hmm. by this guy. And so she was under this conservatorship and she started, I think I read that it was almost like immediately that she started getting back into her career and going on to like appearances and things like that. Mm -hmm. I read that she released four albums no way. So, okay, so she's been in a conservatorship for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And within those 13 years, she's released four albums. She even went on a global tour. And she even did a four-year residency at uh, Las Vegas, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And then while her career was on the up and up, um, the media started painting her in a better light, too. And they were saying things like, oh, what a wholesome good brand again. <laughs> and after the conservatorship, Britney Spears became back to normal. And it's like, no, she really Complete disregard of maybe the mental health issues she was dealing with at the time. Exactly. I'm getting a little salty over yeah, here. Yeah, already. And Pass the salt, guys. We're not even done with dinner <laughs> or this podcast. <laughs> During, like, when her Vegas residency came, in her second year, she was, well, I think in her first year, she was making 1.5% of gross revenue from merch and performances. Anything related to the residency, she would make 1.5%, which is crazy because one ticket sells for, like, probably $600. No way. $600? If you're getting, like, front row, then yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Like, you would make... About 100K a show. Easy. Wow. Easy. Yeah. That's insane to think about. And then you also have a, like, a flat fee. So, like, no matter what and how the sales do, you get paid that specific amount. She's like a money-pumping machine. Basically, at this point. She breathes and money comes out. Exactly. And then, so, she gets her second residency in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And they make it this big old production. She's supposed to come out on stage and dance and people buy tickets to this shit. Like, it's a big fucking deal. How long is a normal residency? Um, I think it depends on on the contract. Oh. So in Britney Spears' case, um, she started in 2013 with a two-year residency. And then at at the end of that two years, she extended it for another two years. Okay. So she had a total of four years. Okay. Um, And then in the middle of that, so that puts her at like the end of 2015, Mm -hmm. right before her the start of her second residency. She um, is supposed to come out on stage and it's supposed to be like the announcement for it. She's supposed to perform a couple songs, say hi to fans, do a bunch of these interviews mm-hmm. as she's walking. Like after she performs, she walks down the red carpet. This is announcing down. her second residency? This is announcing. Like a huge, they throw like a, like a event for oh, this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And so she comes up, she comes out, and then she goes, hi, and then it says, it's Britney, bitch, and then she literally walks off the stage. Yeah. Just walks off the stage and then goes to the red carpet, and everyone's like, okay, whatever, like, it is what it is. Now she's going to do all these interviews, right? Mm-hmm. She walks down the red carpet, passes by every single reporter, every single one of them, and just gets into a car and drives off. Everyone is pissed because people paid money for this people shit. People waited probably for hours, hours to see her. Like they were diehard Britney fans, right? And then 
she starts sending coded messages through her Instagram posts. So she's posting like really weird and cryptic things that she starts looking really distraught and weird on Instagram. And so this podcast comes up. Um, it's called Britney's Gram. So they start decoding messages from her. And while this is going on, Andrew Wallet, who's um, a part of the conservatorship, so he's a co-conservator, he wanted more money. And in doing all of that, they announced that the conservatorship was a business plan. So those are the words he used when he like filed a notion to get more money. Damn. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, like I, I read that the conservatorship was paying for her mom's housing fees. Like mm-hmm. all the bills and anything that went into her house, her conservatorship was paying for that. Everything. It was like funding. It all was funding the- anyone that was involved. Yeah. Anybody that was tied to the conservatorship for whatever the freaking reason, all her management, everybody was getting paid through her conservatorship that she didn't even want to pay. Yep. And then she um, basically announces that she's going to be with her father because her dad's health was declining so she's like taking a break all of a sudden Mm -hmm. right and then andrew wallet the guy who wanted more money he quits the conservatorship on like day 17 or something after filing Mm -hmm. and then britney spears posts this one instagram post and she says something and then instead of using a emoji she uses a emoticon smiley face and that's when the people on britney's gram were like that's weird she always uses emojis like that's that's not her posting that's somebody else posting for her so they start going into this like deep dive of her she actually was able to write her own posts for instagram and facebook and all that but she had to submit it to this media company and they would be in charge of posting it and wow. they would filter what posts they wanted to go up and things like that so who knows her life wasn't her own her life wasn't her own like nothing we saw was even it, it makes me think that like these like these posts that people are talking about being like cryptid and having like all these messages and stuff in it it makes me think that like they were just posting that to further make the the viewers believe that she is crazy Mm -hmm. to keep adding to that narrative yeah and like who knows maybe like she would send in normal posts but like what if she Mm -hmm. was also drugged up and was sending in things that she wasn't even aware she was taking or didn't even know what she actually look like make maybe you know when you're drunk you have you know beer goggles how easy is it to see yourself doing something and think it's totally normal when it looks crazy and it was lithium (laughs) yeah like it wasn't it's intense shit and then in all of that they this podcast britney's graham gets a voicemail from an anonymous paralegal that was on the case and um basically told them that britney's been in a mental facility And apparently this mental facility that she was in was, like, super public. They weren't shy of keeping paparazzi away, so people were able to go in and see what she was doing, take photos of her. Like, And I believe it was Mm $60,000 to go to just that, and that she was paying. So she, out of her own money, paid $60,000 to go into a mental facility. (laughs) And why why she was even sent to go there was because she refused to go to rehearsal so on june 23rd she did a testimony and she it was her first time breaking the silence and kind of sharing her side of the story and she went in there and she talked about how she was overworked like she used to work she was forced to work 12 hour days Mm -hmm. she was constantly on watch she was forced to take medicine she was 
forced to do birth control, didn't have a choice at all in anything that she did, yeah. anything her money was spent towards. And they would threaten her by telling her that she wouldn't be able to see her kids if she didn't comply. So she's being forced to work. She does this global tour. She gets pushed into a residency at Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. She gets pushed into doing it again and she doesn't get to take a break. So she was exhausted mm-hmm. and didn't show up to her rehearsals that day and didn't want to. So her management called her therapist and was basically telling that she's being crazy she needs to be admitted to a mental hospital and that's what they did and so the news breaks and this is basically when the free britney movement starts on her june 23rd hearing actually the audio is online it's on youtube you can listen to it it's like 30 minutes long and it's so heartbreaking because she you can just tell she's nervous you can tell that she feels very passionate and she's angry about the way she's being treated Mm -hmm. and i know the new yorker did this really really good article about the whole britney spears conservatorship the history everything they got Mm -hmm. really detailed and they knew information that a lot of people don't know but they disclosed that the day before the conservatorship hearing was going to go down she actually called 911 to report abuse of her conservatorship and obviously we don't know the details because it's an ongoing case so they can't disclose that any of that information Mm -hmm. but like obviously something was going down and she was asking for help and like going into the hearing that next day her lawyers weren't prepared because they didn't know they were like unaware of what was going to happen they didn't know if she was going to go full rogue Mm -hmm. keep in mind that her lawyers and her team didn't really ever speak to her like they had a huge amount of distance from her they didn't have a relationship with her Mm -hmm. they didn't know if she was going to even do what they agreed for her to say and they were worried that she was going to go rogue and i think that's what she did like she brought in a testimony and she was like I'm going to say what I need to say and I feel like everyone should hear how I'm being treated and I think it's not fair that I'm not able to tell my story. And she talked about how abusive the conservatorship was or is for, you know, herself. She felt like she was verbally abused, emotionally Mm -hmm. abused. She was um, exploited for her money. And she honestly even said that anyone that's been involved with her conservatorship should go to jail. Wow. And it's crazy because they think she's like i mean she's under a conservatorship for not being capable of making decisions for herself but during that hearing she's very articulated when she's talking mm-hmm. she doesn't seem crazy she seems very coherent yeah and and she's able to recognize these things that are happening to yeah. her and able to form them into words yeah like that everyone understands yeah she said that on her during her conservatorship she was forced to take lithium which made her feel drunk which explains why in all her posts she looks crazy she looks unhinged you know because she honestly wasn't even in her right mind she probably doesn't even know she was being recorded yeah let's be honest we don't know Mm -hmm. you know it's crazy and then i also remember they were saying that during this hearing britney is still paying for their lawyers yeah. as well as her lawyers as She's of right now everything as of right now everything involved with her is all coming out of her oh, paychecks and her so sad yeah her bank accounts in in her conservatorship she you know proposes an argument of you know if i'm able to go on tour if i'm able to release four albums and gross i believe 131 million dollars mm-hmm. crazy within the time of her conservatorship how 
And and she even said, and if I'm able to uh, provide for so many other people and be the money source for multiple people, yeah. how can you say that I'm incapable of making my own decisions? Exactly. I'm able to create all this for myself. I'm able to, you know, elevate myself and elevate my career. And mm-hmm. how are you going to tell me that I'm incoherent? I can't make decisions for myself. I can't make decisions for my finances when I'm bringing them in. Yeah. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> It doesn't. That's the thing. They can't. And at the end of this hearing, they um, decided that Brittany was able to add a bank onto her conservatorship. So they did that to meet to help Brittany, but they did not remove um, Jamie as her conservator. So they kind of were like, here, we're going to give you this, but we're not going to make the drastic change of removing him just yet. In June 26th, that's when she finally filed a petition to um, get Jamie off of being one of her conservators. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really sad because in her testimony in the last hearing, she actually said that she didn't even know that she could file to end her conservatorship or file to Mm -hmm. remove people. Like, she just was not aware of any of that. This is how removed she is from her own life and everything that's happening. She was a machine. She was a machine. She was literally a money-pumping machine for her greedy-ass family. But yeah, so things are starting to look up for Brittany. Um, she hires a new lawyer. His name is Matthew Rosengart. Mm-hmm. Her dad agrees to step down as her conservator. Mm-hmm. And uh, that happened recently, right? That happened recently. Okay. So when she hires Matthew Rosengart, that's when her actual case moves forward to ending her father from being her conservator. Gotcha. And that becomes like priority number one. So remember, there she has a state appointed attorney Mm -hmm. so i think her state appointed attorney resigns and that's when she's able to hire someone new Mm -hmm. and i think she was she's in a better place so that's why they allow her to hire someone because remember before like if you're not capable of it then they have to hire someone for you and that's how they got that's how they got matthew yeah and that's when she files the petition to remove jamie as her conservator and that's when she asked to list jason rubin an accountant to take his place and um, said that her father was abusing the power and the role and was abusing her. Mm-hmm. It's funny because he's known for being, and she even says this, that he's known for being an alcoholic. He's known for being um, mentally abusive mm-hmm. and physically abusive. Wow. And somehow he's fit to be her conservator. Hmm. Make it make sense. Oh, God. <laughs> like the justice system really screwed up. Mm. Really screwed up. And something that I actually learned in my research was that her father and her son, I think her oldest son, Mm -hmm. got in an altercation two weeks before the June 23rd hearing. And in that altercation, I believe the son was physically hurt. (gasps) So there was some type of abuse that happened. Oh, my God. To the point that the father filed a restraining order against her father to rem- to not allow him to see the kids so he's unable to even be around the children oh my god right that is crazy I and so no why idea. don't they ever take this into account when yeah. they have these hearings they, <laughs> where is all this information he did this to a child exactly a my child god. imagine what he does to his daughter yeah i was reading in the article like he used to call her like fat he used to oh call her god. a whore he would tell her she's a terrible mother like he's a bad person when they would be sitting in a room she would have to sit on her knees <gasps> stop yeah Oh my god. It's crazy. She was 
Mm. And nobody, the, the justice system doesn't see this. Just, they don't know this. Oh. They only see what the lawyers are showing. And, you know, he's in charge of her estate. So he has control over all her medical documents. Anybody that works for her, he can hire anyone yeah. to be like her accountant, to be her therapist. Like he's in full control crazy so he gets to build the narrative that he honestly wants to build like Mm -hmm. she has no choice and everyone has no no other choice to just accept it yeah i also read that um britney spears said that she will believe that he's gonna step down and changes are made once things start happening yeah she's not gonna just believe this him saying it and okay this is this is really effed up but the reason why he was he agreed to step down was because he requested if I do this, you will give me one point two million dollars <gasps> for attorney fees, quote unquote, and an additional five hundred thousand dollars for get this, you're gonna die for PR and crisis communication oh. fees to help rehabilitate his public image. So, sorry I fucked up, but you're going to help me fix my mistakes and then I'll give you your life back, which also funds everything that I do. Like, I'm sorry, sir, but oh you, Brittany God. is not in charge of paying for the shitty father that you were. Yes. The whole world's going to know and your dirty laundry is going to air and you are going to go to jail and everyone's going to sit back and have the best time watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you're going to be a little salty afterwards. Yeah. He's not going to get no fries in jail. Nope. No fries with that He probably salt. won't even get salt in jail. Who knows? I hope not. He doesn't deserve salt. <laughs> it's a luxury, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yeah. So this man literally thinks that Brittany's attorney will agree to his terms, but we'll find out in September. God, I hope not. I hope she gets what she deserves and is hers. Rightfully yeah. so. So now we know that he's stepping down. Yeah. That's officially been filed. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know anything about a conservatorship like me, mm-hmm. don't worry because I did the research for us. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, what's next? Like, she is she, is she free to go? Is she, can she live her life again? No. Sadly, she is not officially freed. Mm-hmm. But this is a good step in the right direction. Next, what's going to happen is Brittany still has to file a petition to end the conservatorship. So just because he's stepping down doesn't mean it's officially over. The only person that can even make a change in Mm -hmm. the conservatorship is the court. So they still have to go to the hearing, which is what's going to happen in September. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's September 29th for anyone that's curious. And that's when she's going to be able to argue why she wants to get him off the conservatorship. And I don't even know anything about a conservatorship. Honestly, mm-hmm. this case is what really brought that into my attention. So I basically know what everyone else knows. Mm-hmm. And so I did a little research on what a conservatorship is and kind of I'm trying to understand it. Conservatorships are mostly geared towards elderly people. but it's And it's rare for someone younger to be under a conservatorship. But it's not impossible like think somebody that has you know um super serious medical issues Mm. you know or like is in a coma you know or something like that somebody young can be in that position so it's not completely unheard of but it's rare but it's also rare to be released from your conservatorship Mm -hmm. like it doesn't happen often and the the only way you can do that is basically you have to prove that you're competent 
it to the court Mm -hmm. and you also have to do a full medical evaluation so right now the first step is to take her dad off of her conservatorship and the next step would probably be to end the conservatorship Mm-hmm. But after she gets her medical eval and all that, right? After she, she can only, no, she can file to end it, but then she has to prove to the court and go do the eval and show that she is capable of okay. taking care of herself and her money. Gotcha. Um, but even if the conservatorship doesn't end, she, if she's shown to be in a much better place mm-hmm. to make more decisions than she was before, the conservatorship can lighten up. Okay. So she can have more of a less restricted version of it. So it still never ends. It can end, but it also... It's like 12,000 steps for it to end. Yeah. It's just, it's really detailed. And um, that's kind of where, like, the justice system screwed her. Because, mm-hmm. A, it's not very common. You know, it's not, at least something to this profile isn't very common to have conservatorships. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there were, the, the law is equipped to handle this type of abuse either so the protections that are given to Brittany are not in her favor as much as like it would be if this was something common that we saw got it you know and they were able to you know update the laws and things like that but it's not she just has to jump through lots of hoops lots of hoops in order to to make it yeah till the end yeah and Brittany has also mentioned publicly that she wants to sue her family for abusing her finances during Mm -hmm. the conservatorship and you know i'm sure you know down the road in a couple months we'll find out more about what that means and what Mm -hmm. that entails and how the whole family was abusing her but you know in my opinion i don't really know about anything much about jamie lynn spears and her relationship with britney but from what i was reading about the family and the mother it seems like And what I know about abuse in general is Mm -hmm. that usually, you know, there are more people that are, that play a role in the family. So the dad, if he's an abusive dad, then Mm -hmm. the mom would probably be like the passive, you know, one that doesn't want to ruffle Mm -hmm. the feathers and is really like, just let it, you know. And by not doing anything, you're contributing She's enabling it, it, basically. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of like the role she played because... She seems very scared of the dad, Mm -hmm. but also very obedient to where she won't want to rebel against him. So she just does what he wants him to do. And I think she used to even advise, like, Brittany to do the same. Just, like, give him what he wants, you know, and they'll leave you alone kind of thing. So I think, you know, that's the role I feel like she played. But who knows? I mean, if her mom was using her money to pay her bills for, like, her home bills, I'm sure there's other things that she might have done, too, that... We don't know. Yeah. But one thing is for sure is that this family is very money hungry and will put their relationships and their blood below their greed for their own daughter money. Yeah. They and it's it's crazy because like being on medications like this for so long for no reason is probably really detrimental to your psyche. Like who mm-hmm. knows if she's you know permanently messed up you know or set back mentally in some way because of that like I hear I still watch some of her stories and sometimes she talks like a little kid yeah or she says like really like things in a really childish way and a part of me is like 
is this permanent? Like, I really hope not. Yeah. She was able, she sounded like a coherent adult when I was watching her hearing. hearing so yeah. maybe it's just like, you know, like, like a little like pet thing that she likes to do, you know, like yeah. some people, like girls like to act like little babies around or their maybe boyfriends. hopefully it's like <laughs> one of the videos that the media company posted on purpose of her like on yeah. lithium and shit. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully it's somebody else doing this and like, I just want her to be normal. I just want her to, like, be happy, (laughs) you know? I think she will be. I think this is definitely a huge good step in the right direction, you know? And I feel like I'm really looking forward to the September 29th date because I feel like a lot is going to be revealed. And I'm hoping for a positive result. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stay positive. I'm not going to put in some salt nope to this we're gonna wound. add some sugar to it we're gonna throw in some sugar a little yes. dash of sugar yep so as things progress we'll do an updated episode mm-hmm. maybe we might just throw it in an intro or you know who knows but we definitely want to keep you guys updated because i know me and jenks are gonna be following this religiously yes. And I'm probably going to have so many opinions. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to discuss it with you and everyone else listening. It'll be a journey we're on together. I think I'm going to give all the salt from this podcast to Brittany. All Pass the salt, salt in the world to Brittany. Because I'm sure she's super fucking salty. Everyone just starts sending her salt. Yep. You know, instead of sending her fan mail or, you know, <laughs> letters, just package salt and just ship it to pass her. Pass the salt, literally. Literally, <laughs> pass the salt to her. <laughs> <laughs> this pasta I can't stop thinking about this pasta honestly. dude it was so good it was so 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 good such a guilt free meal again we went to impasta it's like imposter but with pasta yes cause it's imposter pasta yeah get it <laughs> impasta you guys should definitely check it out it was absolutely delicious we recommend we'll definitely be going back yeah I'm sure you can find it on all the food delivery apps but yes. it's a ghost kitchen so they don't have a storefront so don't try walking up in there yeah. and getting a table it's not gonna happen I'm gonna <laughs> warn you guys that now <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast show us some love and leave us a review yes we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening guys and stay <laughs> salty <laughs> we'll see you next time bye bye